Hey there, we're the Westlot Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Well, thank you so much for coming back for part two of our Bowl Spectacular. Uh, we're going to go through all of the bowl games tonight. And, you know, speaking of uh, games, we've had a lot of uh, already fun bowl games so far this week. Hopefully, everyone's been able to get their feet into bowl season. Um, been been some fun ones, been a lot of blowouts uh, one way or another. I, I know the... Boise State Washington game. I I was thinking it was going to be much closer than it was. Yeah, I mean um, the only the only good game really has been uh, BYU Hawaii, right? That was hell. That was fun. Yeah, back and forth. That was that was fantastic. But um, you know, I, I'm not going to give any credit to the Cure Bowl because uh, I didn't watch a second of Liberty Georgia Southern. I'm not going to give that school any amount of my time. But Although the, I, 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 I will say in the lead up to that game, the Ringer uh, had an awesome article up about Liberty University and Liberty football, and I encourage everyone to go find that. Um, just uh, really to reinforce the reason why we should all be rooting against Liberty. Um, yeah. But, but uh, make sure you have time because you're going to need to like cleanse yourself after reading it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as, as I mentioned earlier, a couple games going on today. Uh, Ooh, pit, Miami pit touchdown tie game. Hey, all right. Yeah, so 8.53 in the fourth. So mid, middle of the fourth quarter, it's a tie game, Pitt and Eastern Michigan. I've been a little back and forth affair there. Um, but yeah, it's because you wanted to talk about Miami. I just I just love that Miami lost a game to Louisiana Tech 7 to nothing. Um, Four, I, it was 14 I, nothing. I know it was 14 nothing, but the, the last the last touchdown was a, essentially a garbage time touchdown. Um, La Tech... Uh, their quarterback slid at what, like the eight yard line for a first, like the first five. down. Yeah. Yeah. With like a minute 52 left. So they could have just kneeled on it three times and won the game seven, nothing. I really wish they had. Um, and honestly, I think what they expected to do was to just like kind of power run with him to gain, you know, three yards on the next three plays. And, um, on, on the next play, like the Miami linebacker that got a hold of him decided to like, like kind of wheel around and like spin around and kind of throw him what probably felt backward to the linebacker, but ended up being forward and into the end zone for a touchdown. But I just like, we've long talked about it that when Miami goes to bowl games that are either like cold or low enough profile that like they don't get, you know, the hype or the, or the location or whatever. I mean, they were in Shreveport, which is not a bad place, but Shreveport, right? Like, and, and it's it's probably not warm there. It's probably like 45, 50 degrees. Oh, I, um, oh, oh not a bad place because I'm sure it was quite the fun place last night, the night before well, this game. I, <laughs> Miami just doesn't show up for this shit. We watched them absolutely. For, like, for the football game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pinstripe Bowl, um, there was a Sun Bowl against Notre Dame in which they got absolutely demolished. Um if like bowl pick'em people, if Miami is going somewhere that's not like a January first bowl game, like pick against them, pick against them. It's it's um it's classic. So and the but the fact that they got shut out is just beautiful. So let's talk about um the, you know the rest of the, the bowl games here. I mean, there's a, a lot of really good ones. We're getting into more of the Power Five teams, teams that a lot of us are. Uh, much more familiar with. I mean, not to put any shade on the group of five teams. You just don't see them as often. Um, you know, Friday, uh, December 27th, the game started at 11 o'clock central. You got the military bowl in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, North Carolina and temple, North Carolina, a six point favorite there. I don't know. I, I, you know, North Carolina has been frisky. Mac Brown has, you know, turned this team into, you know, he got this team bowling, and no one thought they had any right to be like they were going to be bad this year, and they went six and six. So, I, I think North Carolina is probably pretty excited to be in this bowl game. I just I think this is a they probably haven't faced a defense this good outside of Clemson and Virginia Tech um, in the ACC, and even then, like like Temple's D is awesome. Uh, 
I was looking at Temple's schedule just now to see, like, oh, did they have any ranked wins? And they've got two. <laughs> One was against Memphis. They beat Memphis by two points in um, middle of the season, which is pretty impressive. The other is when they beat Maryland the second week of the season, and Maryland was ranked 21st for some. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know why. It's because they scored 70 points in their first two games. But, um, man, that was, that was a long time ago. So... You know, yeah. who, who, who knows? Um, this is, this game definitely falls into my, my who knows bucket. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything you want to say, you're like, right. North Carolina, that right. That team that played Clemson tight was so long ago. And they basically had to one, have an absolute cupcake in their second to last game. And then two, pull out a great performance against since he stayed in the final to even be in this game. Right. And then Temple played, you know, your, your hometown, not hometown, but your, nearby Cincinnati Bearcats pretty darn tough scuzz so um I don't know if you if you go by lately or relatively recent I don't know I I guess I'd take Temple but to your point yeah I don't know uh 220 Central you've got the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium Michigan State and Wake Forest Wake Forest was just amazing at the beginning of the year kind of faltered a little bit later Michigan State who the hell knows um I have some questions Sure. Ha- has Mark Don D'Antonio replaced any of his assistant coaches since this regular no. season ended? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, has uh, Has Joe Bocce been reinstated? Negative. Nope. Has some other Bocce brother stepped up <laughs> yes. and joined the Michigan State I, football team to play middle linebacker? Tito, Tito Bocce has not made an appearance. <laughs> Or Joe Schmachi isn't there either. Tito Bocce. Oh, John, every time you make a Tito joke, it, just, <laughs> yeah. it always kills me. Um I, I like Wake Forest certainly was better early on in the year. At the end of the year, they lost at Virginia Tech, at Clemson, at Syracuse. I feel pretty good about Wake Forest ups, upsetting. It's it would be an upset beating uh, Michigan State in this game. That that's silly. It's it's a good point to remember too that for all the you know, off, you know, well earned defensive reputation the Spartans have, they have dipped with Bocce out, and they have not been particularly great. Uh, in pass defense and um, you know Michigan put a hurt on him Illinois put a hurt on him I mean 27-0 Rutgers congratulations 1916 over whatever Maryland was by the end of the season congratulations um, whereas Wake again had a really good offense this season and again that's there was a reason why we were talking about their OC um, in you know on our list of guys that we really wanted in their last two games I mean beat Duke lost to Syracuse but they scored about 35 points across a game across those two games um this team can score and I think they're going to score against Michigan State they get sacked a lot which is also not one of Michigan State's strong suits right uh 545 Central you got the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl in NRG Stadium in Houston Oklahoma State Texas A&M basically a home game for A&M as uh we know from when Northwestern was at the Texas Bowl against A and M. I mean that that stadium is going to be like ninety percent A and M, even though it's just a bit shorter shorter travel from Stillwater. But still, I mean, it, it's a home game for A and M. Oklahoma State's been good this year. I mean, ranked number twenty fifth at eight and four, but uh, you know, never really heard them really as in the top of the big 12, you know, they, they were never really considered the cream of the crop. So I, I, I think I like the Aggies here. This is one of those litmus tests for like the, the relative strengths of the two conferences. Cause A&M only lost to powerhouse teams. Right. Um, I think they, they lost, they have five losses, right? Um, three of them are to playoff teams. And then also Georgia and Auburn. So that's, I mean, they, if they, if they lost and they didn't really get, well, they got blown out by LSU and they lost pretty big to Alabama, but um, they played Georgia tight, played Clemson fairly tight, played Auburn tight. And then on the flip side is kind of a similar profile for Oklahoma state. I mean, Oklahoma state's last two losses are to Baylor and Oklahoma and in between that stretch, they won four straight games. So um, both of them have have showed out pretty well outside of the you know the cream of the conference. So I don't know. I feel like it's going to be kind of tight. I think I, I go with you, Sammy, and take A and M. 
here's what's interesting to me is like Oklahoma. So Texas A&M, yes, the only, their only losses were to, to the powerhouses. They also didn't play anyone else. Like Arkansas is not good. I'm pretty sure Mississippi State is not good. Despite beating Georgia, I don't think South Carolina is good. They beat Texas State. They beat Lamar. They beat UT South, uh, UT San Antonio. So they like outside of those the big the big teams, they didn't play anyone. Um, and the close, I guess they they six point loss to Georgia, uh, eight point loss to Auburn. So those are those are reasonable. I to me, this is like a gut game. It just my gut tells me. So I think I picked A and M, but I put low confidence on it because my gut just tells me that something batshit happens here, and Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State like you know, are, are, are able to throw all, all over these guys because the only time that they, that they had to defend a decent QB, they were playing against awesome teams. And that just turns out to be a weakness for them. I don't know. And Chuba Hubbard could go off. I mean, he's had an amazing year so far. We'll see. Um, seven o'clock central, the holiday bowl, USC and Iowa. How is Iowa, Iowa, two, Iowa two and a half point favorite? Don't know. How are they favored? Again, I mean, I, I don't want to relitigate this whole thing where I, you know, I feel like Iowa's got as good an argument for being the second best team in the conference as just about anybody. I just think after Ohio State, there are so many different teams you could throw right in that group. Um, Iowa lost three games all season by what a combined eleven points to Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin, um, and. USC's got more talent, but they—they're a more uneven team. Um, do you re- do you really think they can hold USC under twenty points? Because well, Iowa can't score more than twenty points in a game. I know. Well, that's the thing is USC. It's kind of again with a team that has that much on paper talent, which the Trojans always do. It's kind of on like what they do, but I don't think Iowa is going to hand them much. Um, I certainly don't expect USC to waltz through this one. I just, Iowa, and, and you know, the other thing too is Iowa, give credit where credit is due, right? I mean, that front seven will be one of the best front sevens USC has seen all season. Um, the And probably the best defensive line USC is going to see this season. Um, Notre Dame's probably would be in the running, but they're, I mean, it's, they're, you know, that is the strength of Iowa. So again, yeah, I mean, I just want to say, is USC more talented? Absolutely they are. Um, here's the other thing too. I, I, well, I'm, I'm going to throw out a motivational thing first. I think consistently USC players have been really deep in, in the Helton camp. Like they have wanted to keep Clay Helton every that, year. Well, that was the thing I was going to say. Is there like a player fan base division in yes. what they want to happen in this Absolutely, game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 and they kept him and I think that's going to buoy the players. Like I, I think that's good for, for, USC's chances in this game, whereas, you know, I mean, Iowa's going to another decent bowl game, not on January 1st, and I just don't, they don't have an offense. They don't have an offense. We'll see. I think, I mean, I, if you're asking me, I think for those reasons you mentioned, I think that's enough to push USC over the top in this one, but I think it will be close. 9-15 Central, uh, Air Force and Washington State. Right off the top. Let me say, this game is a 9.15 p.m. game. If you want all of American college football fans to turn in, to tune into this one, here's all you have to do. One hour before the game, walk into each locker room and say, give me your playbook. Then walk, walk each playbook to the other locker room and say, you have to use their playbook in this game. <laughs> Who's not watching this? Well, I want to see a team that literally doesn't run try to play flexbone for a full game, and I want to see a quarterback who may or may not be able to throw go five wide for an entire game. I think Washington State would have a much better chance of pulling that (laughs) off, frankly. Um, So here's the interesting like, so Air Force is 10 and 2. I get it. Um, They didn't really play anyone. Right, I mean, they beat Fresno. They won at Hawaii. They beat Utah State. Like all the usual suspects, they they, they kinda, lost to and Boise, they, and they kind of got screwed out of a chance at the Commander and Chiefs Trophy because they never got to play Army. 
No, they, no, played, they Army. played Army. They, they beat play... Army 17-13. Oh, sorry, what am I saying? But they, but uh, they, they lost to Navy. New Mexico. That's right. They lost to Navy, and for whatever reason, this that's right. It's more complicated than that. I was looking at that because I remember something in the Army-Navy game about how they weren't in a shot. But there's some really complicated rule whereby they weren't in the running for the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. I don't really understand. Well, I, I think it's you, you have to beat both the other teams to, to win it. And if oh, it's a circle, gotcha. it's so a it can't circle, be sh- it can't whoever... Be yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. If, if each team beats the other one, it's whoever had it last year keeps it. Right. So they beat Army, which at one point would have seemed like it was going to be great, but I guess subsequently not so yeah, much. Yeah, no, not not so much. So, I like, this is what, – what's interesting is, like, Washington State's defense is going to struggle to stop Air Force, and I think the same thing is true on the other side. I think this is going to be a shootout. And in a shootout, like, give me Mike Leach. Yeah. True. Again, yeah, I, Air Force is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, I, ESPN – Switch switch the playbooks if you want you want the ratings. <laughs> cheese it, cheese it. Get behind this. Come on. <laughs> I picked a lot of upsets tomorrow. So Saturday, you got the the big dogs playing. Um, starting off the day, eleven o'clock central. The Cotton Bowl, Memphis and Penn State. Penn State seven point favorite. This is this is gonna be fun. I mean, you know, you always overlook like the group of five team. And some t- some reasons or some years there's a reason too. I don't know. Memphis is good. If if I know it is. On the other hand, if Penn State wouldn't have blown that Minnesota game, they would be clearly regarded as the second best team in the Big Ten. Is this Memphis team better than the second best team in the Big Ten? I don't know. Um, Penn State is like the on paper talent golf here is just massive um but i i know our winning cures everything boys would certainly tell us this is about bright the most talented memphis team ever um right so they're i mean they they certainly will have a shot at this one and they certainly can score so um, no mike norvell for memphis right uh um, no no ricky ronnie for uh for, for penn, penn state. state but yeah. you mentioned minnesota john Penn State blew that Minnesota game and then promptly hired Minnesota's offensive coordinator away, which is pretty interesting. I, like, I don't think he'll really have an opportunity to do much with Penn State going into this bowl game. But um, I, I don't, I don't think he'll even coach. I mean, I would imagine he's going to stay and coach Minnesota, right? Uh, I don't know. Ricky, Ricky Ronnie's gone, but I guess he's head coach. So that's yeah, Ronnie's head coach. Um, they, I think the one, you know, the one thing I'll say in Memphis's favor, right, is this team loves to play back and forth football um that was their mo all season um and you can look at some of their games and be like you know it's a miracle that they beat tulsa for example um smu but they love to play that kind of track meet football and the question is you know if it's is it a situation where because penn state will have the ability to score on this defense to a degree that they were not able to score on a bunch of teams in the big 10 Memphis just doesn't have that kind of defense. Um, the question is, I think really Penn state's defense is capable of playing phenomenal football. They also haven't played that many teams that love to chuck it around to this degree. Um, if Penn state's defense really shows up in this game, I think Penn state could pull away by a couple of touchdowns. If they can't, um, and Memphis can make this a back and forth kind of game. I Memphis can absolutely win this. Um, but I'll, I'm more curious than anything because again, it's one of those referendums on the Big Ten. I think Penn State has got as good a case as anybody of being the second best team in the Big Ten. Is the second best team in the Big Ten not capable of a convincing win over you know the best team in the American Conference? I guess we'll see. Chiaroka has already left Minnesota. He's not going to be coaching the Outback Bowl. He's in Dallas with Penn State, but I don't like. I can't imagine he's actually calling plays. No, um, I, I, for, no for Penn State. But interesting, and you know the loss of Ricky Ronnie. That's. I always feel like those losses of coordinators are a bigger impact to bowl games than the loss of the head coach, uh, for obvious reasons. Right, it disrupts like the play calling that went all, on on all throughout the year. So we'll see how they look. But I tend to agree. I think. I think Penn State is the upper hand here, but um, you know, if if Mike Norvell was still there at Memphis, I might feel differently. At the same time, like that staff really has has stayed together, right? So um, Ryan Ryan Silverfield took over head coach role. I think Kevin Johns is still there. I haven't seen like a lot of moving and shaking at Memphis, so it's, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, flip back and forth between that and the Camping World Bowl 
Uh, Notre Dame and Iowa State. So here's the funny thing about this game, right? On one hand, you want to talk yourself into Iowa State just because they've been such a great story for so long, right? Um, They're known to be a great defensive program. They've built a great culture out of nothing. They've played multiple teams very tough this season. On the flip side, if you take out that absolutely inexplicable Michigan game, Notre Dame is awesome. They're one of the best teams in the country this season. Um, That game is this giant outlier on Notre Dame's entire season. Not only has Notre Dame won, Notre Dame's won convincingly the whole rest of the year other than a close loss on the road at Georgia. Uh, close, close game against Virginia Tech, too. And close game against Virginia Tech. But, they're, but I mean, aside from that, that's, this is just an awesome football team that ought to be on a whole other level than Iowa State. I mean, they're playing for their 11th win. Yeah, I, to- I, I agree 100%. I, I still, so why, why are they only a three-and-a-half-point favorite? I, they, I, they were, like, they were, um, they were barely a favorite against Navy. As well, I think like or, or there was a lot of people picking Navy to to upset them, which I thought was was crazy, and then they absolutely obliterated them. Um, it's so weird. I mean, see, if, I, I feel, if they I feel like I yeah, I feel like Iowa State's like the sexy underdog pick that I think a lot of people are are jumping on. Again, I just credit where credit is. Like Ian Book, I think is just going to go off in this game. I think they're like the bottom line is Notre Dame is, and I say this as not a Notre Dame fan. They are a really good team who had one inexplicable, awful game. And to Scuzz's point, really, you can even pinpoint it, where like that USC, Michigan, Virginia Tech stretch was like shaky for them. Aside from that, they well, lost. Well, in that Michigan game, it was a torrential downpour. It was right. at Michigan. It was um, very, very cold as well, I believe. I think, I think they just got out of their, out of their right. comfort zone. And even with that game, uh, had they had another touchdown against Georgia, this is a team that would most likely be the first team out of the playoff. Uh, and, you know... But and they had would, a shot. They right. had a shot late in that game. That was not like a, like a you know, right. Georgia sits and burns it. Like, they had a shot to um, to do something at the end there, and they just weren't able to pull it off. So they were they were in that game from, from start to finish against what was a a healthy Georgia team that throughout the year then got a little bit a little bit more battered. Right. I mean, this is a 10-win team that has obliterated its last four opponents, um, and I think they're going to put it on Iowa State. Uh, 3 o'clock Central, ESPN, the Peach Bowl. First semifinal for the college football playoff, Oklahoma LSU. Uh, t- tell me how Oklahoma can win this game, because I, I don't see it. So it's the same as the Washington State Air Force game, uh, but on another level. Like Oklahoma is going to ride Jalen Hurts in a a slow it down, yeah, like, run the ball. Like, liter- literally, they will ride him. They will all climb on yeah. his back. Yeah. And the question, like, L- it's it's funny. I feel like LSU's defense has been pretty damn good this year um but i think things like you know alabama scoring 41 points florida scoring 28 old miss got 37 on them vandy put up 38 although a lot of that was in garbage time like i think lsu's defense has not gotten the in part because they've been in some of these shootouts and then in part just because of the attention that joe burrow and the offense have gotten but this is defense this is a still a really good defense and they know Jalen Hurts. They've they've seen him. They've played against him. He's really good. But but if there's a formula, that's the formula, right? Keep Burrow on the sidelines. Keep the ball in your hand and just grind him down and hope that they get um, out of sync and impatient when they have the ball. Yeah, that's the formula. Um, on the flip side, this may be the best LSU football team ever. And this is not the best Oklahoma football team ever. It's, nope. a very, it's a very good team. But if everything holds true to form, LSU should win this convincingly. They're just unbelievable on both sides of the ball. LSU should be able to score every time they possess the ball because Oklahoma's defense is not great. It's right. gotten better throughout the year, but it's not great. And this LSU offense is otherworldly. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. I can't, I can't wait for this game, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um 
keep your spot on the couch nice and warm because Clemson and Ohio State out the Fiesta Bowl is coming up right this afterwards. This is one of, to me. This is one of the best oh games God, of the year. Because uh, oh. I, I just have no idea. Um, I lean Ohio State, but these teams. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, both of these teams don't lose football games and have loads of talent. I, it's it's an awesome game. I mean, I think you know to. I would say Clemson feels disrespected. You know, I'd say, you know, Clemson's being disrespected, except there's a, a coach who likes to talk a little bit, who has kind of gotten there ahead of me. Um, but, the you know, I with that said, I mean, I, I still believe Ohio State's the second best team in the country. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be just an awesome game. Hot take. I think LSU-Oklahoma is going to be way better of a game than this one. I was just about to ask, like, what are the chances that this game ends up being a blowout one way or the other? So I, th- so I think, I wonder I, which I, way Scuzz thinks it's going to be. <laughs> well, so you'll, you're going to be surprised when I say, because what, what I think's going to, I think Oklahoma LSU is going to go very much the way that LSU Texas went in that. I think Hertz will be able to keep up Oklahoma in the game and keep LSU close enough. But in the end, like LSU is just going to be able to score every time they touch the ball and they're going to win by, you know, one or two TDs. But, um, but I think it's going to be a fun game where Oklahoma is kind of like always within reach. And so you're never like, you're never going to be like, Oh, this is over. Um, on the other hand, I think either Clemson or Ohio state, I think one of these two teams is going to, um, stub their toe and smash their face and, like not be able to do anything against the other team. And I, 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 this is, again, this is like one of those gut feelings of the game. Everyone is hyping. I think it's going to be a dud. And the other game that people think is going to be a blowout is going to be good. And in the dud game, I just, I'm the, as much as I hate Dabo Sweeney, the record speaks for for itself. I, I think they're going to throttle Ohio state. I don't know why it's just wow. called a feeling. The what, so Interesting. the one thing I would say about that is, um, Wisconsin may have woken Ohio State up in the first half of the Big Ten championship game um, because I kind of feel like there's a chance that, that Ohio State got their, like, you know, come-to-Jesus moment of, like, okay, you know, are you guys really just going to give this away? And then they kind of kicked it in in the second half. So, but we'll see. I mean, again, Clemson's... How, how is Justin Fields' knee? Yeah, so, th- so that is worrisome. Um, although, well, so here's here's the thing, like, the biggest question to me is is I don't know how good Clemson's front four are. We're no we know they're really talented. We also know they're brand new because they they weren't on the team. Like, well, they were on the team last year, but all the awesome guys from last year graduated. If Clemson's front four and and they played in the AC all all season, so God only knows, right? But if 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 Clemson's front four can be really disruptive and can cause any sort of pressure and havoc up front, I don't think Fields is going to be mobile enough to really do everything he wants to do, and that's going to be problematic. And on the other side of it, Ohio State has not played any quarterback all year remotely as good as Trevor Lawrence. Nobody is even in the same stratosphere as Trevor Lawrence, and I just, like, oh boy. And a team team that's won two of the last three national championship games. I mean, it's like, you know. Jack Cone, Jack Cone looked like the second coming against this Ohio State team, <laughs> and oh my God, Trevor! Like I was watching um, ESPN during during one of the halftime of the of the of the early bowl game today, and they were docu- they were they were documenting out on film like where Trevor Lawrence was having problems early in the year, basically like um, tendencies he had from his first year. Defenses were keying on them and intercepting the ball because they were like. Oh, if I show him this, he's gonna throw. He's gonna throw the um, the out route, and so if I show him this and then I pop back in, I can pick it off or uh, th- things things of that nature. And throughout the course of the season, he has adjusted and learned, and he is not doing that shit anymore. And I think I think he's gonna tear him apart. And I think we're gonna get an absolutely epic LSU Clemson showdown in the national championship. Wow! Yeah, that. And we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about the national championship uh, next week. Um, start to preview that a little bit. Yeah, th- this this playoff is just going to be fun. I mean, 
I it's gonna live up. I I think this lives up to the hype. Honestly, like these are the best. These are the best four teams, and there's not a lot of our. Have we had a playoff without Alabama before? Am I misremembering? I don't think you are. Because the last BCS championship was Auburn, Florida State, right? Before they sh- they shifted the format. I think no. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Interesting. First year without Alabama. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be fun. Monday, December 30th, after everyone gets their NFL fix on Sunday, um, let's come back to the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Uh, Western Kentucky, Western Michigan. Wasn't this game like the one that was canceled last year? That's right. Mm, was it? Yeah, for weather. It was, was the there... first, it was the first responder bowl. Oh, they the... played like, they played like eight or nine minutes and then, the weather got insane, and then they like canceled a, the game. Like a lightning storm or an ice yeah. storm? I can't remember which. Yep. Yeah. So this game is played at SMU's uh, home field, which is which is kind of fun. Um, it also means, like, the weather in Dallas, like, who only knows? So, I mean, I'll be honest, who only knows? But I think Western Kentucky is probably better. I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing in this one. In the place of analysis, I would say – um, everyone ought to check out, I, well, I want to say is it on Yahoo Sports, uh, Pete Thamel's article about um, kind of how we're all feeling right now, having just talked about Clemson, Ohio State, and now shifting into talking about the Monday slate of bowls. And uh, just that <laughs> that the that they, they've got this, the college football's got this awesome CFP playoff, and that they, you could argue they're kind of mis-executing it with the scheduling right now because there's this massive layoff, right? Isn't it like 16 days between um, the semifinal games and the final? And, and of course, you know, you have these monster matchups and then immediately you go to Western Kentucky, Western Michigan the next day. So, yeah, it's it's kind of strange and a little disorienting. Yeah, why I mean, are they I, doing it the 13th and not Monday the 6th? Yeah, it's strange. Like they built not, in an extra Not enough week. time? That's weird to me. I guess maybe not enough time. Um, but, I mean, this goes back to – remember the – was it the first year of the playoff or, or the second year of the playoff? I forget which, but um, I think the first year it was fine. And then in the second year, they went to – they did the, the games on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, And it yeah. was a disaster. And I think this is the pivot from New Year's Eve of, well, we don't want to hold it on it, New Year's Eve. and so Let's have it on and, Saturday. Yeah, let's have it on Saturday. People, there's an easy goddamn solution. Put it on New Year's Day. Tell tell the the Fiesta Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or whoever it is to saw it off and just it's, it's do the it on Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Like that's just what it is. Do it on New Year's Day. I don't understand what the problem is. Right. Schedule it opposite the Rose Bowl. Like who cares? Right. Like like they can it's still have stupid. they can still have their parade. Yes, but yes, absolutely. Or or do one at one p.m. and one at at nine p.m. and tell the Sugar Bowl. Like I like I like it's it's so dumb. Especially because, like, and we'll get to the Sugar Bowl in, in a sec, but, like, neither team in the Sugar Bowl really wants to be there. Nope. But let's talk about the uh, Music City Bowl, Mississippi State and Louisville. Oh, pit, pit touchdown! Really? Oh, flag, hold on. Sorry, this is this is entertaining radio. Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, Mississippi State-Louisville. This feels like an absolute Mississippi State blowout. Although Mississippi State's quarterback, I just saw this today, and we were we were texting about it earlier. Mississippi State's quarterback will not play in the bowl game because he got punched in the eye by a linebacker on his own football team, who, by the way, was uh, I don't know, caught like cheating, like academic fraud, but is still playing in the bowl game even after punching his quarterback in the eye. I don't understand what's happening, but um, as our buddy Chris said, like. Oh boy, uh, yeah, Joe Moorhead seems like he got that situation under control in Starkville right now. I I'll say this: um, if you are the if you're someone who subscribes to the idea of just relative conference strength, right, and you know comparing the ACC this year, which was a weak conference, to the SEC, and taking Mississippi State because of that, Mississippi State puts more pressure on that line of thinking than just about any other team because this was a team that what got blown out four games in a row then got to play Alcorn so got blown out four games in a row um then beat a horrible Arkansas uh, Arkansas team then got erased by Alabama 
then got to play Alcorn State in the second-to-last game, needing that win to get into a bowl, and finally clinched a spot in the bowl because a player on its rival team pretended to be a dog peeing in the end zone. (laughs) And that is why Mississippi State is playing in this game at all. Never Um, change State of Mississippi. Never change. Amazing. So... Again, it's like, and with all that, you're right. They probably still beat Louisville. Um, it's ridiculous, but but that's this puts as much stress on the superior conference um, line of thinking as you can possibly put. Also at three o'clock on Fox, Cal and Illinois playing in the Red Box Bowl. So this also might be a hot take. I I have a lot of confidence points on Illinois to win this game. I I just I think they're a better version of Cal. Well, that's not that's not that's not right. They're not a better version of Cal. I think I think Cal is like a really defensive minded team that's offensively challenged, and I think Illinois is going to be able to run on them. I think Illinois has got a fair amount of excitement um, around their program right now to be going to a bowl for the first time in the Lovey era. And I just, yeah, good, good good thing they showed that down the stretch. I, like Cal Cal is basically taking a bus across town and. I, th- I think Illinois is going to beat the pants out of them. I I mean, it's like Cal is not a good football team um, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they're seven and five. Illinois is a bad football team, but ne- these teams really kind of deserve each other. I mean, Cal played Oregon, Utah, and USC and lost by a combined score of ninety three to twenty four. So. They were not a player in the conference at all. Um, they lost to Oregon State, um, and they, you know, they beat Stanford. Uh, ouch! But you know, got to play UCLA to end the season, and and that's kind of how they got in. So, uh, but that that and the inexplicable win over Washington in Week Two. Yeah, yeah. I with that said, Scuzz, I just can't help but have watched. Our game against Illinois. That was not a real football team. And I'm just like, I get, you're right. That may be just conference bias and just my own proximity to watching them. But um, that was a team that scored 10 points against us. And it was kind of like, how did they get 10 points? Um, so I don't know. But I it's like, these are both just bad teams. Come on, Cal. Illinois does not deserve a seventh win for this ridiculous season. The only counter to your argument is Brian Peters didn't play um, against us, and they've been much better with him as at, at, at QB. And if he is healthy for the bowl game, and, and I'm saying this without actually having looked if he's healthy for the bowl game, but if he's healthy for the bowl game, I think that'll just do wonders for their running game, just just by way of having being able to threaten to throw the ball at all. <laughs> um, add I'll I'll also throw into the pack like big like Pac-12 defenses. Not not great. Um, my other favorite one here: Utah steamrolled Cal thirty-five to nothing. I know you mentioned. Uh, I just think that score wor- is worth is worth calling out. Um, and I you know, I don't know. That was a wounded Stanford team by year end. UCLA, God only knows what's going on with them. I just the, honestly the probably the bigger factor to me is Cal cannot be excited about this in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, when was the last time they went to a bowl game? Seven and six, they went to the Cheez It Bowl and they lost an OT ten to seven to TCU. But they went to a bowl game last year, right? Um, Illinois hasn't been in God knows how long. Uh, Cal did not go the year prior, so I like may, maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but I just I kind of love this setup for Illinois. Like if like Lovey's on a high note right now, the beard, like I don't know. Come on, Cal. Let's go. <laughs> we'll be on opposite ends of this. I kind of want Illinois to win. As as much as I hate them, once once I pick them to do something, then I just want to be right. <laughs> uh, 7 o'clock Central, uh, the Orange Bowl, Florida, Virginia. This is just Florida in a, in a runaway, right? I mean, unless unless they really don't care about being there. But... It's the I mean this is this is not the Red Box Bowl. This is like a big effing bowl game and it is a New Year's Six Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a well, huge and, deal for Virginia to be in this game. It's kind of a miracle that they are. Yeah, but the, like Virginia is also not at the same caliber, right? Yeah, like this 
the the last they the last time they played a big time game against a marquee opponent was like two weeks ago, and they lost sixty two to seventeen. So, <laughs> well, I think I think I think um, like Kyle Trask is a decent quarterback, and his stats aren't quite as good as Felipe Franks were on the like the completion percentage and and um, yards per attempt, but twenty four TDs to six picks. I mean, he's dramatically improved the decision making. Um, relative to, to Felipe Franks, who's going to the transfer portal. And, I mean, I, I feel like Florida hasn't had an, a, a decent quarterback in, in a long time. And this, this this feels like Florida's about to get pretty decent again. Moving on to Tuesday, uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve, 11 o'clock Central. Vatek in Kentucky in the Belk Bowl. Can I just interject? Um, that- sure. That was a pit touchdown. They're now up 34-30 with, uh, I don't know, 13 seconds to go in the quick lane bowl. This is in, like in Detroit against Eastern Michigan. And I'm watching what is – I haven't watched much of this game, but I'm watching what is like the third fight um, that I've seen in this game. Eastern Michigan's quarterback just punched two different pit players in the face masks um, and got two flags thrown at him. So exciting times in Detroit right now. Yeah, good, good, good to do when you're, you know – 10 seconds away from losing and you're trying to drive the field for a Hail Mary. Definitely punch the other guy in the face. That, that, that'll go far. Uh, Vatek, Kentucky. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Vat. So Vatek honestly is the higher level team here. I mean, again, I know sec is superior to the ACC, but Vatek has played good football down the stretch again. Like they're, they're they lost to Virginia by nine and yeah on the surface okay but that Virginia team for everything we just said is playing in the Orange Bowl um and did win their side of the of the ACC um before that they won three games convincingly including over the aforementioned Pitt Panthers they beat them 28 nothing they beat Georgia Tech 45 nothing and they beat a good Wake Forest team 36 to 17 and before that they lost to Notre Dame by one on the road. So um, I think, you know, Virginia Tech has been playing good football down the stretch and I think is just the better team here. I would agree entirely. Eastern Michigan's quarterback has now been ejected from the game. Um, so they're facing a fourth and 10 from roughly their 40 yard line with their backup QB now as they try to win this game. I'm sorry, I'm captivated. I love bowl season. Yeah, 10, ten seconds left. I'm, you know, got this on as well. Um, while we wait for that to happen, let's talk about the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Greatest State, sponsor, State. greatest sponsor ever. I'm sorry. I I wish that it, it had been the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl when we went all those years ago. Who's coaching this game for Florida State? Do we know? They're interim. It, it, it's not Norvell. Right. It's, uh, it's the interim coach, the guy I talked about a couple weeks ago. Um Crap, I forget his name. Uh, but he's been there. For, he's he's their longtime defensive line coach. He's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's still just weird to say. But I mean, Florida State is a bad football team. Like, there there's a reason the Willie Taggart was fired. They are not a good team. Um, and it's weird because you get caught in kind of laundry watching and and that kind of thing. And and still want to say, well, it's still Florida State, and they still have the paper, you know, the talent. But it's like, sorry, that's that's not a good team right now. Like they have to rebuild that team. I don't think a f- switch is just going to be flipped. Like Norvell is going to have a real job ahead of him. And you know, Arizona State is no peach, but they beat Oregon, um, and you know, lost a couple close games in a row in consecutive weeks, and then kind of got it together, but they've been a team that's been trading punches with everybody else in the Pac-12 all season long um, and has been in, in a lot of tough games, and I think they're just better. I think they're just prepared to play in a, in a game better than Florida State is. 245 Central on ESPN. You got the Liberty Bowl, Navy, and K-State. Don't I don't have a lot to say about this one. It, I... You know. So... I actually do. Um, All right, go for it. I think Navy is going to roll. Kansas that's my State that's in my game. instinct too. Um, I think it's so weird. You've got K State is this Jekyll and Hyde kind of team. Now they 
haven't, you know, K-State has not lost a lot of games big this season. Um, I think their biggest loss was 31-12 to to Baylor. And, of course, they beat Oklahoma in a crazy game. Um, but down the stretch, they've been playing mediocre, unexceptional football in a top-heavy conference that they are not part of the top of. So, yes, they are an eight-win team. But I don't know that anyone's watched Navy this season. Their quarterback's friggin' unbelievable. Um, He's probably the best quarterback Navy's ever had. And Navy has had some really good quarterbacks. I just mean in terms of a... Roger Staubach like, might have not, something to I'm say about I'm not throwing that. stones at Roger Staubach. I mean from a raw athleticism standpoint, obviously Staubach was an NFL Hall of Famer. I mean, raw athletic standpoint, the kind of guy you'd want running a triple option in the modern flexbone um, offense. Malcolm Perry is just an unbelievable player. And again, 300 yards against Army. But if you watch the way it... He's just unbelievably fast with unbelievable instincts, and they will try to run with him on just about every play. And I don't think K-State's seen... Oh, it's so funny. I al- I almost just walked into the trap of saying that a team that played Jalen Hurts this season hasn't seen anything like it. Uh, they've seen <laughs> something like it. Not the exact same kind of thing, but instead of a ground-and-pound quarterback, you know, Perry does it all with speed. But... Um, still, I just think Navy is playing at a higher level right now with an unbelievable quarterback, and I think Navy's going to get on him. Perry, it's worth mentioning, also threw the ball 80 times uh, for over 1,000 yards. When was the last time Navy had a QB that threw over 1,000 yards? Yeah, he's... Roger Staubach? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) He's phenomenal. I mean, he's an unbelievable special player, and uh, I think he's going to have a big day. Uh, 3.30 Central, uh, you've got the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl in Tucson, Wyoming, and Georgia State. I know nothing about Wyoming. I know Georgia State has looked pretty good. I feel Wyoming's like, a seven-point favorite. I feel like Wyoming's pretty solid, right? Like, they, they lost Josh Allen uh, to the NFL a couple years ago and um, kind of haven't missed a beat. They've stayed... You know, pretty strong uh, over that time. I mean, I like they're a seven-point favorite in this game, and I don't. They, you know, they lost five road games this season at Tulsa, at San Diego State. Both of those were close. At Boise, that was a three-point game. At Utah State, that was a five-point game. You know, they lost one game by more than seven points. I like that. Feels pretty good. Yeah, I think Wyoming's actually just like a pretty good football team, and I think they probably have the edge here. Uh, 6-3 Central on ESPN, uh, the Alamo Bowl, Utah and Texas. I'm interested about this one because, you know, you've got Utah who uh, ostensibly blew a chance at getting to the playoff, and now they're going to play Texas in San Antonio. Massive home field advantage for, for Texas. You know, Texas at seven to five. How much does Utah really want to be there? Yeah, do they care? That's the question. I'll, I'll tell you what happens if they do care. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, Texas is just not a good football team. Uh, they're like mediocre, and Utah is an awesome football team. Now, granted, a lot of people make that argument, right? Where they were where they weren't really tested except one time. Yeah, except the flip side is. Um, the whole thing about Texas having a good offense because Sam Ellinger, not really true. That was just something that seemed more and more media created the farther the season went on. Texas is just kind of eh. Like, that's their team. Like, Tom Herman, you know, time to kind of get it together, dude. Um, so, I think, you know, regardless of what happened in that championship game, I think Utah is, is just a totally higher level team here. If they show up for this one, I think Texas is getting hurt. I mean, Ellinger wasn't like he was pretty good. I like and he no, has moments I, right against LSU and Oklahoma. But, but I mean, this team scored ten against Baylor. I mean, I'm like yeah. they're like, I, and I, again, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to put it all on Ellinger. I think I'm just kind of pissy because like there was that narrative that Texas will be awesome this season and Sam Ellinger is going to lead the way, and it's like no, this is just a mediocre football team. Um, so right, I'm not. I don't want to hang it all on Ellinger, but I do think this is totally two totally different levels of team. New Year's Day, uh, we got some fun ones early. 
the Outback Bowl featuring Minnesota and Auburn. This is going to be a bloodbath, and Auburn is coming out on top. I, 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 uh, that yeah. may or may not be a hot take, but we we I, make Auburn's good. We made a joke. Minnesota's jo- decent, but eh. I made a joke a couple of weeks ago about how we would finally jump on the Minnesota bandwagon just in time for them to get obliterated by Auburn. I'm not going to jump on the Minnesota bandwagon. I'm just going to stand away from it and watch it get obliterated <laughs> by Auburn. That's my plan. If this game were not on January 1st, like maybe Auburn would be less interested about being there, but this is like a team laden with NFL prospects that want to show out, and they're going to do just that. Uh, also at noon central, um, Michigan, Alabama at the Citrus Bowl. Again, I, I this is I I don't see a world where Michigan wins this game. So unlike Auburn, Alabama has been in the national championship race the last five years or whatever or longer. I don't know. And the only times that they haven't been it, they've got their ass kicked. I, so you're, but you're I think they're, they're so. Do you think but they're going to be salty for not being there? But I think they're so much better than Michigan, and I think they're like. So who? So who? Who has Alabama lost to in a bowl game? They lost to Utah. Um, that one year that was that was kind of a surprise. Uh, there was the, the one year they massacred Michigan State. I forget how many years ago that was. Wasn't that the, wasn't that a playoff game? That was a playoff game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. The other game, they, wasn't there a Sugar Bowl where they, maybe that's the Utah one I'm thinking, they went to the Sugar Bowl and just laid an egg. Yeah, that was that was Utah. Uh, and then there was another one against, um, maybe it was Oklahoma, I can't I can't quite remember, but um, I, but the flip side of that is that seeing those, those yellow M's and those yellow pants on the other side, I think is maybe going to light a fire. Yeah, I think, right, I think Alabama still... This is, will become one of those SEC Big Ten things. Um, I think you're going to have a properly motivated Alabama thing. And, I mean, in a vacuum, right? I mean, Shea Patterson could claim to be a better quarterback than Mac Jones, but I do think it's still Alabama. And, and again, with the exception of getting pasted by Ohio State, Michigan, for the giant mess that they were the first half of the season— Played as well as any Big Ten team other than Ohio State down the stretch, um, starting with that Notre Dame win. And, um, you know, they've played better football. Alabama is on a totally different plane um, and is just at a, a whole other level. And I think I, Alabama's got them. I will be intrigued because, where you know, the games where Michigan got hit, hit pretty hard um, – especially Wisconsin. Now maybe maybe Ohio State was more of a more of an aerial assault, but does does Michigan have the players to um I'm not going to say cover cuz I don't think anybody has the players to cover Alabama's receivers, but can they even like run with Alabama's receivers? Yeah, I don't know. I, and again, this is a team that at the start of the season we thought had national championship aspirations, but we've seen what happens when they play a team like Ohio State that really is in that conversation and they're not remotely on the same level. Well, they don't have a modern offense. We talked earlier about LSU and Alabama and that shootout that they had, and that's just like Michigan doesn't have a modern offense, and that's part of the problem. Like They have the athletes to do it, but this is like this is like Les Miles LSU playing Lane Kiffin Alabama. That's problematic right there. You got the Rose Bowl at four o'clock Central, Oregon, Wisconsin. This this is gonna be fun. I, I you know the Rose Bowl is always a good time, and I, this should be a really interesting game. I like Oregon. I kind of do too. Yeah, I I mean you know you guys are we've been back and forth on this Badgers team all season, and um, they've this is a team that at times, and I you know. To me, it's like I still am not 100% around on this. Like, at times, looked like the second-best team in the Big Ten. Uh, and at times, lost to Illinois. So, you know, and... and we have we've unpacked that Illinois game so much. It's such an aberration. I know. But it's like Oregon lost, you know, to Auburn in a tight game at the start of the season. And since then has lost once uh, on the road to Arizona State. And um, the... And again, is your Pac-12 champion? Um, and I mean, I, 
and again, I just again, I think so much was made out of the first two quarters Wisconsin put up in that Ohio State game, and not enough of the fact that in the other six quarters they just got smoked. They and, they couldn't keep up with the speed, and that that's that's what makes me think Oregon can do stuff here because like Wisconsin needs. Um, I mean, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is going to get his yards in this game. He's going to probably score a couple touchdowns. You know, Jack, Oregon's defense is good, but not Ohio State good. Like, Jack Coe might be able to do some stuff. But I just think on the other side, Wisconsin doesn't have an answer for the speed that Oregon brings on offense. And that was part of the whole problem against Ohio State. They couldn't cover the receivers. They couldn't stop the running game. And they got eviscerated. And, I like, there's nobody else on their on their schedule that has that type of profile and the Illinois game, you know, they fumbled twice that led to two Illinois touchdowns deep in their own territory. Like, what can you say? I mean, anybody who does that is going to be, you know, is going to put themselves in a hole and they're not built to get out of a hole. Yep. Yeah. Again. And again, it's like, um, you know, the, the counter argument would be Wisconsin really is able to get the ground game going against Oregon's defense. And, you know, maybe they are. Um, and that would be what keeps them in the game. But yeah, I just think to your point, Oregon's firepower will will get them in the end. You got the Sugar Bowl, uh, seven forty five Central, Georgia and Baylor in uh, in New Orleans. I you know, I don't know. I think like, I think Baylor's put a really lovely season together. They've gotten themselves up to the seventh ranked team in the country. Um, it's kind of amazing. They were in the playoff conversation until really late in the season, and and I salute them and the butt whipping that they're about to take at the hands of the Georgia Bulldogs. That's my read on it. I'm kind of with you on that too. Unless Georgia doesn't show up, I mean, you look at what happened last year. They they, yeah. they ended up in the Sugar Bowl, much to their dismay, and they got beat by an absolutely inferior Texas team. I mean, so much of the Texas narrative this year is derived from the fact that they beat Georgia last year, which I I think Georgia just, I don't think they cared, and I don't think they're going to care here, and if Baylor cares, I you know, I think they showed they showed some real muster in those two games against Oklahoma, I, like, especially but, on, on defense, but I mean, they're, they're, they're so outmatched from a talent standpoint that there's no reason that Georgia shouldn't win this game, but that was true last year, too. Right. Yeah, and I, I sort of uh, sort of alluded to this when we were talking about the Utah Texas game. It's just a matter of, of care, um, and so often the Sugar Bowl is like the who cares bowl, right? I mean, like the SEC is always sending someone to the playoffs, so you got the second best team in the SEC is usually someone who lost the SEC championship going into the Sugar Bowl. So it kind of turns into this who cares bowl, right? Yeah, maybe, and you know the. That's, you know, if, if Baylor's hoping that Georgia has that kind of mentality. On the flip side, you know, discuss this point. Yes, they played Oklahoma tight, but that's really the first argument pulled out against Oklahoma, right? Is that Oklahoma yeah. didn't really play anybody in that weak sauce Big 12 this year. Well, and they, that, didn't, they didn't have C.D. Lamb either, and that was a big detriment. Right. And, and also, you know, I mean, you know, to Baylor's credit, they had Oklahoma in that first game and then they just kind of blew it and gave it away. The flip side is once Oklahoma flipped that switch in the second half, they just felt, it felt just they were toying with Baylor, um, that entire game, you know, in the first matchup and that Baylor was just losing it and watching it all slip away and just kind of powerless. And again, you look at it and you're like, outside of Oklahoma, what was there in that conference this year? So again, I, I do think, you know, the SEC at the top had absolute rock star teams, and I think Georgia's part of that conversation. And I, I think if they are properly motivated, they're going to hurt Baylor in this one. Well, I'm pretty sure Baylor doesn't have a live bear mascot to scare the hell out of Unga. So. <laughs> True. Uh, I know we're going a little bit long tonight. Please bear with us. There's just a few more games to talk about, um, and I don't know that we have a ton to say about a lot of them. Uh, the Birmingham Bowl, BC and Cincinnati. Scuzz? The Bearcat is the greatest mascot in college sports. Allow me to relay a brief vignette. At halftime of the most recent Bengals home game, I don't know, they do a, they do a mascots versus kids oh, um, yes. mini football game. Yes. And um, I have a buddy that, that was involved in the game and was recounting this to me later. So uh, on the 
on the second to last play of their scoring drive, the mascots, and, and this is, it's hysterical. Like, like nine year old kids in full football pads against mascots. Like who doesn't want to watch that? But, um, on the, on the, on the penultimate play, uh, my, my buddy got, uh, got just drilled behind the line. He was, he was handed the ball unexpectedly and got drilled behind the line. And on the next, the next, they all huddle up and he says, all right, we're going hard left. Who wants it? And the Cincinnati Bearcat raises his hand, proceeds to stiff arm a kid in the face, shoulder check another one out of the way, and then dive headfirst, launching the last child into the end zone and scoring a touchdown. <laughs> um, and this, I have long, I have long claimed that the Bearcat is awesome because he's just a great mascot on the sidelines. He just has a pretty entertaining look. Um, does a lot of costume changes and thematic changes throughout the game. Uh, for example, when they hosted UCF this year, dressed as the UCF Knight and fought the UCF Knight uh, in in various different ways, just a very creatively uh, operated mascot. And um, this this put me over the top. I'm I'm officially in love with the Cincinnati Bearcats. So go UC. You know, it's worth remembering too that that on paper this game is a real mismatch. Um, Boston College fired their head coach. They fired it for a reason. It wasn't Mike Bajakian's fault. But yeah, this and they lost their OC too. Yeah, but they they have they had a problematic head coach and a good OC, and now both of them are gone, and they are facing a really good Cincinnati team that is smarting from losing eight, you know, two back to back games to a team that is playing in a Power Five bowl game, uh, Memphis. And Cincinnati's only other loss, right, was 42 nothing to a team in the playoff, Ohio State. And aside from that, they have looked pretty darn good. So you've got Boston College that is figuring things out right now against a loaded-for-bear Cincinnati team, and I think that is going to carry the day. Uh, 6 o'clock Central, Indiana and Tennessee in the Gator Bowl. So I, 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 no, I, I, I want to see Indiana win this. I have no bearing on what Tennessee can do, but... You know what? You know, good for Indiana. They had an eight win season. Let's see if they can't make it nine. That's how I felt as well. Like I just, I, I looked at this matchup. I didn't look at it deeply. I, I don't, I don't know anything about Tennessee other than that I don't like them. And they looked bad to start the year. Obviously, they got better. Um, I got better. Uh, IU. I've been on the IU bandwagon all year. Their defense is sound. Their offense is good. I just love to see them make some noise here. Like. You know, maybe Tennessee doesn't care about this. Maybe they do. I forget if they went to a bowl last year, but go, like let's let's go Hoosiers. Come on. Yeah, Tennessee, interestingly enough, is a good defensive football team. Like they played really good defense down the stretch. We know what Indiana can do on offense, um, and I think this will be a good matchup. Um, and this kind of feels not unlike our game in the Gator Bowl, um, a a game that would be really meaningful for Indiana. Um, that they would definitely have to earn, but that they would come out of it feeling like they had a really strong win that they could hang, you know, at the end of a, a great season. So, yeah, go ahead, Indiana. Friday, January 3rd, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in the Smurf turf of Boise. Uh, you got Ohio and Nevada. Giant shrug emoji. I have no idea what to think here, other than Ohio is heavily favored, and um, which is interesting given that they only went six and six this year. But uh, maybe they're they're that much better than Nevada. I don't know. This like this Nevada team lost seventy seven to six to Oregon. They lost their last game of the season to UNLV, who we all saw, um, and they beat. A fully healthy Purdue Boilermaker team. <laughs> oh man, Just, the lo- the loss to UNLV is a real indictment. Yeah, um, and they somehow beat a Purdue team that had Rondell Moore um, and Hill and Hill Sindelar right? Bell and, Bell Bell um, and Sindelar. Everybody um, just and, and somehow pulled out a win, and so um, yeah. I don't know what to think about Nevada, but I it kind of feels like, yeah, to Scuzz's point, a team that just lost to UNLV is not prepared to win its bowl game. Uh, Saturday, January 4th, the uh, Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Southern Miss, and Tulane. Uh, if you want to start scouting Northwestern's Week 2 opponent, uh, Tulane will be coming to Evanston. Um, sure, whatever. 
Yeah, is Will Hall still there? No one. Northwestern didn't pick up Will Hall. Has anyone else grabbed Will Hall? I um, think he's still there. Yeah, if he's still there next season, I'm not exactly loving that two-lane trip to Evanston. Um, they're, they are capable of playing really good offense. I think they were a little bit more uneven down the stretch, um, but and you know, lot ended up kind of really cratering um, overall. I mean, they kept scoring points, but their defense really just abandoned them in the second half of the season. But they're a team that can you know definitely score some points that's for sure when their schedule got tougher well actually their schedule was pretty tough all year they seem a good conference this year yeah auburn houston army memphis navy temple ucf smu um and they they beat houston they beat army they lost those other those other six yeah I, i like them a lot versus southern mississippi for whatever reason i think they've got a good qb and They've got a good uh, a good offense. So, and then uh, the final bowl game, the Lending Tree Bowl, uh, Louisiana and Miami, Ohio. And this one's in Mobile. Louisiana, um, fourteen point favorite. The Raging Cages don't lose bowl games. That's nah, true. I'm just this game exists where the national championship game could properly <laughs> exist, <laughs> and instead we all have to wait another week. Uh, sleep through the January 6th bowl and then just get to the national title. That's that's all I've got to say about the Raging Cajuns versus the Red Hawks. Speaking of, um, I'd like to quote, if I could find it, I'd like to quote Joe Burrow, who said, uh, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't, I can't find it. It's been up on my screen all night as we've been flipping through the games but joe burrow earlier tonight at, at the media days for the uh, for the Oklahoma game said that when he was a kid, he didn't dream of the NFL. What he dreamed about was playing in some domed stadium on January 13th for the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joe Burrow. He's amazing. He's going to be a Bengal. Probably. Probably. If they put Burrow with the EU, EAUX on a, on a Bengals jersey, I might, I might have to go for that. All right. I, I know it's been a long evening. Uh, thanks for everyone for uh, sticking with us all the way to the end. If you did, uh, congratulations. Um, we'll be back, uh, next week, talk more bowl games, see what kind of else is, else is brewing. But, um, if I don't, if we don't talk to you before then, have a really great new year. Uh, enjoy the national championship playoffs. Um, and we'll be back to talk, uh, the title game before all is said and done. And, uh, probably back next week as well, uh, before, you know, we get into the doldrums of the football season. Um, although spring practice is right around the corner. So, uh, so we'll go ahead and leave it there for this week. Head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at westlotpirates. And you can always email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scasby and Sam Walter, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.